Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Good morning, happy Wednesday, and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. I'm the CEO and founder over here at Wildman Web Solutions. We are a digital marketing agency here in Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, we go live every week to our Facebook and YouTube channels to answer your questions here on Ask Wildman. This is an open Q&A to anyone who wants to jump in and be part of the, uh, of the conversation. So. Um, Jump on this stream, Facebook or YouTube, and throw your questions in the comments. We'll try to get your que uh, get your questions as soon as we can. Um, if you are watching this later, or you just want to uh, contact us another way, you can email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that address scrolling below me here. Uh, if you need it. All right, we're gonna get going here. And to do that, I'll be bringing in my partner. Three, two, one, and Mike. Good morning, Miles. How are good you morning. doing, sir? I'm doing good. A little bit rainy out there. A uh, little bit of a dreary morning, but work's been good, so that's been nice. Positive. Yes, indeed. And we need the rain. We need the rain. Let's let's bring it. Oh, we do. I let the... Uh, I don't know about you. My dogs hate it, and neither of them will go outside when it's even just a little bit damp. So they're just going to be stuck in here, stuck under my desk right now, actually. They don't even want to come out. I kind of get that feeling, though. I get I get that mood. <laughs> <laughs> Hide under the desk next to the heating vent. Yeah, they're social distancing. There we go. Yeah, good dogs. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, this is Ask Wildman, open Q&A for anyone and everyone who wants to jump in here. Um, if you have any questions about technology, about business, uh, marketing, advertising, anything else you want to ask us, uh, throw those questions in the comments below. Um, or you can email us, askwildman at wildmanweb.com if you're checking us out later, and we'll try to get to that question next week. Um, we are doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. All right, I think we're going to start off with where we left off last week. Mike, you gave us a little bit of a cliffhanger. Do you want to uh, <laughs> refresh your memory a little bit where you're coming from and, uh, and continue that thought? Yeah, well, I'll be mostly refreshing my own memory, Miles, because I, yeah. <laughs> who knows what I actually said at the end of last week's show. But uh, I think the point that I was, I was trying to make is that, you know, as we've been discussing several times on the show, we're in an interesting transition period, if you will, right now uh, in, in really every category of business across the board. Uh, there's really been no one uh, spared of this, of this transition or this disruption, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, you know, as we uh, have noted a couple of times, uh, people like uh, executives at Salesforce and, and other uh, big companies have uh, alluded to the fact that in terms of the way that humans have adapted uh, digital devices, digital technology uh, and, and all sorts of other digital applications into their everyday life, into their uh, everyday buying habits, spending habits, has uh, manifested a five-year increase in time from the beginning of COVID. So from the beginning of COVID till actually this was back in the summer when they were saying this, over, over a five-month period, the amount of, of uh, engagement, the amount of use, the amount of uh, basically uh, touch that people have had through digital devices, digital landscapes has increased to where they thought that we would be five years in the future, so 2025. And instead, it happened in the middle of 2020. So that's a big, really big leap and something that I think we should all take a little bit of time to think about because it has ramifications across, like I said, all industries and all sizes of business. And so what I was really saying, uh, I think at the end of last week, as I was posing this question, which I wanted to get your thoughts on. Uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm open to, to uh, changing my mind and having an argument about this or, or a discussion, if you will. 
because uh, I don't know if I'm sold on this idea completely myself. But uh, it seems to me that we, you know, pre-COVID, we were in an era that could arguably have been, have been called the easiest time or the less resistance uh, in order for somebody to start a small business and to be successful as a small business. Now, of course, it's never easy to be a small business. It's probably one of the hardest things that anyone could ever do uh, in their life. But, you know, given the amount of technology that was available, the low barrier of entry in uh, some things, you know, like drop shipping and e-commerce and, you know, all of these, these new-ish uh, innovations that have been coming on board, AI and things like that, uh, people were able to do a lot more with a lot less than they had ever been able to do before. You know, you were able to uh, open up a clothing company and ship clothes to all over the world without ever holding a physical piece of inventory or having to deal with a warehouse or having to deal with a huge staff or, you know, any of these things that came along with the traditional business models. So that was great. And, you know, the, the economy was booming and, and, uh, entrepreneurs were at an all-time high. Uh, there was a little bit maybe of uh, uh, some deception going on too that you know a lot of people were getting into the entrepreneurial space, getting into the small business space because they thought it was so easy, because there were these low barriers of entry. Uh, and while it was easier than maybe it had been in the past, as, as I mentioned before, it's still one of the hardest things in the world. So uh, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, uh, Gary Vee calls it the, the era of fake entrepreneurship. You know, there was just, uh, there was, there was way too many entrepreneurs in the system because it was easy to get into the system, right? It's the common thing that happens in a boom cycle, right? The uh, Austrian uh, theory of economics has a boom and bust cycle, which basically says that during the good times, it's really, really easy for you to get investment from places, as we saw in Silicon Valley, was you know angel investors were dropping from the sky to invest in anybody that had an idea, an app, uh, and so it, it creates a lot of malinvestment, which means that money goes to things that aren't necessarily proven to be worthy or prosperous in the marketplace. But since there's an abundance of cash, there's an abundance of money and dollars happening that you know this stuff can be kind of spread around, and the losses are mixed in with the good stuff. And it's not as bad. That's what happens in the boom. Now, unfortunately, everything contracted and we had a bust when COVID hits. And what happens in the bust is that everybody who was kind of floating along, if you will, on the good times, on the easy money, the easy credit, all of these things that didn't really have a sound business model, didn't really have sound economics and marketplace demand and supply behind their business, they fail easily, right? When the bust happens, they get wiped out. And, and that's, what, that's what we've been seeing here. It's been a little different, uh, of course, because it happened all at once. And it was like nothing we've ever seen because it was all based on a virus and the government shut everybody down. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, well, you got shut down because your business wasn't performing as well as another business, right? That, that would how the marketplace would, would take care of this naturally. And so... It's created this really interesting juxtaposition right now that we're going through where all of a sudden it got hard again, <laughs> you know, to be a small business, no matter how you cut it. It got harder than for a lot of small businesses than they could ever possibly imagine it being in times before. Because, you know, if you're a restaurant, you can't have people in your restaurant. Well, no one's ever had that problem before, you know, so it, it so it, it presented a whole new set of challenges. Now, the really good news here is that there's been a lot of innovations, and we've talked about some of these on the show. You know, I've given a lot of love to uh, the grocery stores and people like that who have, uh, you know, utilized apps and online ordering for people to do curbside uh, pickup, and, and the restaurants have adapted that same way. So there's been a lot of great innovations uh, that have uh, helped a lot of businesses survive so far. But here's, here's the second part of my question. I know I'm getting a little long-winded with this question, Miles. Uh, if that was the easiest time pre-COVID, and now we're kind of going through this no man, no woman's land of we don't know what's really going on, but things are getting a lot harder all of a sudden, what then happens in, say, five years if technology advances another five years? And let's just say we don't have another COVID, we don't have another shutdown but it just progresses naturally. 
if businesses today don't continue to innovate and don't continue to change their business model and update their business model and you know i like i know people some people don't like to hear this word pivot you know but but pivot their uh their assumptions and their game plan i'm a little scared about what's going to happen to a lot of these small businesses and i use the uh, the example of kodak uh, i think maybe it was last week or a couple weeks before when we were discussing this, uh, it, we're really in a situation where you have to adapt or die. And you know, Kodak is a great example of this. I'm sure everybody's familiar with the Kodak company. They were once the most successful film company in the world. And what happened was a couple different things. They didn't take technology serious. That was the first mistake. You know, they didn't think that digital cameras were gonna be a thing. They didn't think that cameras inside somebody's phone were gonna be a thing. They thought we'd always wanna have film We'd always want to take the time to go have it delivered, et cetera, et cetera. And then the second thing that happened was once they saw the writing on the wall, they didn't change their business model fast enough. They didn't pivot hard enough. They didn't go all in. They kind of like, we're like, okay, well, like we'll begrudgingly dip our toe into this digital stuff, but we're really still going to be a film uh, and camera place. No one's ever heard of Kodak for the last 20 years, right? They're gone. So I'm afraid that the same thing's going to happen, but on a much larger scale. And the people who are going to bear the brunt of this are specifically the small business owners. This, you know, the people who were getting by with a Wix site with no e-commerce store and posting twice a week on their Facebook page pre-COVID, right? That was during the boom, okay? We could get away with that kind of stuff, okay? <laughs> so, and here, here's the last part of the question that I really want you to, to give your technological expertise on. Because the biggest thing that I see coming down the pipeline, which I've mentioned several times before on the show, that is really going to be a game changer here, is voice. I see that as the next revolution, if you will. You know, I mean, yes, AI is, is, is coming and is here. Um, I think voice is, is, well, voice is part of AI, but I think it's a much more uh, applicable use that everyday Americans will latch onto much faster than some of the other AI technology out there. And I still think that VR and all that stuff is, is probably 15, 20 years away. But in the near future, aside from maybe autonomous cars, I think voice is gonna be the biggest disruptor uh, across all industries. And I gave the example last week on the show at the end of what happens when I'm sitting here across from my Amazon TV and there's a Whole Foods you know, in my city and I can say, order me this, order me that, you know, order me whatever. And it shows up at my house two hours later. How do the smaller stores compete with that? A and B to me, this all really comes down with brand. Because if I tell my Google home device, if I tell my Surrey on my phone, if I tell my Amazon TV, order me a pizza, eventually there's going to be somebody paying for that space, just like there is today with SEO. You know, all the big companies and all the small companies jockey for position on Google rankings and SEO, right? And then SEM. The same thing is going to be happening in voice. There's, there's already people building Alexa skills on top of the Alexa platform. So their business will be found before anybody else's. It's brilliant. And everybody out there should be doing it. But the problem is, is that most of the small businesses are still trying to figure out why they, why they should not have a Wix site. And they're not even they're not even contemplating this right so i'm really afraid that they're going to get like kodak did and they're going to finally see the writing on the wall it's going to be too late they won't be able to go all in uh and, and it's game over so to me there's a couple things and this is what i want you to to, to fill in the blanks for me on the technology side what could we be doing right now because to me on the marketing and advertising side again this all comes down to brain it all if I'm Rudy's Pizza, I'm investing everything I have in brand. So when somebody says pizza, thinks pizza, they think Rudy's, and they don't think, let me ask Alexa or let me Google it, right? You know, like just how we say today, you should have an app for your business on your, somebody's phone so they skip the search so they don't go to Google and type in pizza. Well, it's the same thing, except this is going to be somebody's mouth. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, and this is what's so funny is that it, it's all going back to, 1960s madman advertising, right? It's like that stuff is still going to be in play here because top of mind awareness, what could be more top of mind awareness 
then the first thing that comes out of my mouth. Miles, what do you think? Is, are we going into a, a more difficult period for small businesses or will this trend continue that we saw pre-COVID where the barrier of entry for a small business in order to connect with people becomes lower and lower uh, and thus there's more opportunity than ever before? Tell me where I'm right or wrong. Well, first, I want to commend you on a 20-minute question. Um, that was <laughs> that was incredible. Um, <laughs> there might, I, you know, if, if this whole marketing thing doesn't work out, I'll just become a politician, probably. Well, that work. That work. Yeah, they make a lot of more money over there. A lot um, more money. <laughs> um, so, I guess my answer is going to boil down to. It'll boil down to a, a single phrase, and then I'll I'll expand out on all that. And that is, I think that this is really going to mean that we we being small business owners, I'm I'm lumping us into that as well because we're going to have to you know take some of our own medicine here. Um, we have to work smarter, not harder. Um, I think that that's really going to combat a lot of the issues that you have there, and it's going to. Um, well, it's going to give a death sentence to a lot of people as well if they don't take that advice. Um, because, well, firstly, there are people like us out there, digital agencies, uh, tech companies, people out there making new tools to make this easier, to lower that barrier of entry. Um, they're really the reason why we are where we are. The reason we have dropshipping companies allowing you to start an entire merchandising brand without holding a piece of inventory. The reason we have... Uh, powerful advertising tools like Facebook and Instagram, like YouTube, like, I mean, all these social media platforms like the search engines. Um, these are all developed by the, uh, in the tech sphere. And those people are going to continue building stuff. They're going to keep making new stuff, build, inventing new things, putting out new tools and new solutions. Thing is, only some of them are good. Most of them suck. Um, and so, it's going to fall down to the small business owner, the guy who has the pizza shop, the guy who has the bookstore, whoever we're talking about here, to understand which tool to go with, um, which strategy to use, which one is going to be best for them. Because not only do a bunch of those tools and, and solutions out there suck, um, even the ones that are good don't necessarily fit everyone. It's not a one-size-fits-all solution here. Um, just like in marketing, just in uh, just like in, in constructing your brand, whether you're putting up a new website or building out a marketing campaign or uh, picking a social media platform, one might fit you better than other options out there. And it's really, it, it has to be individualized in order to properly work. Um, so I think that probably one of the biggest characteristics characteristics of this new era that we're in, this, this post-COVID era, if you will, or during, um, is that small business owners are going to have to know a little bit more about this stuff. I feel like up until this point, um, you know, a lot of people have been brushing it off um, or maybe they've just been kind of attacking it in more of a trial and error style of approach. They come in, try something, oh, that doesn't work, try something else, that doesn't work. And then finally on trial three, four, five, find something that fits and that works for them. Um, so I think that the technology is going to keep developing to allow lower and lower barriers of entry. I think that we're still going to have a lot of people trying to start stuff. Um, I, I don't really think that that's going away anytime soon just because of how technology works. But I do think that small businesses are going to have less of an opportunity to fail in that manner than we could before. Um, you know, I was telling telling you earlier, like half the people that we have coming through our doors and asking us on something have said, well, I tried this and that didn't work. I lost a bunch of money and then I tried this and then this drove me mad and we spent a bunch of time on it and it didn't work. And, you know, now we're here and then we have to get them set up and on the right path and finding the right solutions and working with them on that. Um, what I'm worried about is as we move forward, small businesses are going to be less capable of making those initial mistakes. Um, that one of those things, rather than an annoyance or a frustration or maybe a setback, could be a, a death blow to a lot of small businesses. Um, you're just not, it's something that you're not going to be able to recover from quite as easily. So 
when I say work smarter, not harder, I think that that is going to mean that small businesses of all types, um, you know, in, in technology and marketing like us and in food and hospitality and the service industry, and no matter what industry you're talking about, the owners um, and the people running these businesses are going to have to know more about what they're talking about. They're gonna to have to be more literate in the digital marketing space. They're gonna to have to know more about websites, more about digital marketing, more about, when we say SEM, how many small businesses out, uh, small business owners out there really know what that is. Um, I feel like there's some of them, but I don't think it's enough. I think that the people who are gonna succeed in this new era are gonna be the ones who take that time, make that investment, not monetarily but in time and energy to to learn about these things to do their own research and to make sure that they at least have a base level of literacy around some of this stuff so that they can see the writing on the wall before it's too late so that they can make those proper adjustments they can make the right choices make fewer mistakes um, and and make better use of the limited resources they have because you know small businesses they don't have the deep pockets that um, you know, big companies do, um, they've got to make that right choice first and be able to throw all their eggs into that basket rather than trying little things here and there and losing a bunch. That, uh, that, so I think that's, that's going to be my, sorry, go ahead. I was, I was just going to reinforce what you just, I, just, I didn't know if you were going to move on to another point because I wanted to reinforce what, what you were just laying down there. That was, that was really powerful. Uh, I think you nailed you nailed it right there. It's it's about being a practitioner is what you're really saying. You know, you, you can't and we used to joke about this 10 years ago, you know, but you know, you can't hire your niece or your college intern, you know, to run your social media uh, and, and do your website anymore because, oh, they get it right. It's like it, it's way too important for that. And as a business owner, you have to be engaged with it. You have to be a practitioner. That doesn't mean that you have to do it all yourself because that would make most people go crazy. I mean, yeah, you can hire somebody else to do it, but you have to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. You know, or you're, it's a huge vulnerability. And this is not just small businesses. This is this affects the biggest companies in the world. You know, this is the number one reason why the majority of the fortune 500 and the fortune 100 especially is still not spending enough money on social media is because they sit in a boardroom all day BSing with each other and none of them have ever run a campaign or gone out in the street and sold something to somebody that they just met. Right. They, it's all, it's all like just fictitious BS that they sit in boardrooms and pontificate around data about. And that's why they haven't made, that's why they're still spending a bunch of money on billboards and programmatic digital and television and newspaper. You know, it's ridiculous because they aren't practitioners. Now, the difference between them and the mom and pop business on Mass Street is that they can afford to blow a $500 million, you know, $500 million advertising budget and their stock price will probably not be that bad. Right, <laughs> there's a much much smaller room for error, obviously, in a small business, which is what your point was. You know, you you can't afford to make these kind of mistakes anymore, as a small business. Every dollar has got to be used efficiently, and you have to constantly be looking forward and evolving and adapting to what is happening around you in the business climate and especially in the technological uh, climate. But I just wanted to reinforce that point. Keep going. Well, this stuff moves so quickly. I think we all somehow have have managed to adapt the uh, adopt the memory of a goldfish when it comes to this kind of thing. But you know, just think back not that long ago. Um, I mean, I'm not that old, and I can remember when a lot of businesses did not have websites, and it was more important to be listed in the yellow pages. Um, so we've gone from you know, putting yourself in the phone book and you don't, the social media isn't a thing um, and you don't necessarily need a website or anything like that to, you absolutely need to have not only a website, but a good website. You need to have a social presence and what is a phone book? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that, I put, that's that's the comedic relief there at the end of that sentence. But it's also kind of true. You know, if you talk to some people that are, um, you know, just coming of age now, I, I have a feeling that a phone book might actually be uh, a, a term of the past. Um, so it really wasn't that long ago when these things were changing. And now all of a sudden we've had pandemic hit us. Um, everyone's a couple of marbles short now. Um, and and we've jumped forward five years. Imagine how much has changed in five years. Imagine how much has changed in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, back in 2010, like I said, I think I still had a, a brick of a flip phone. And now I have uh, an iPhone more powerful than uh, than like supercomputers of a couple of decades ago. Um, so where are you going to be in another five years from now? Where are you going to be right. in 2025? And unfortunately, I don't think that there's going to be any less options. I think that's that's probably the point where I disagree with you here. Um, I think that that barrier of entry is going to just continue going down. I think that there's going to be more and more and more tools and technology to try to make things easier. Um, but that doesn't necessarily more choices, more options doesn't make things better necessarily. Right. Um, so I think that there's going to be, I mean, there's a lot of people that come to us right now saying, you know, I looked up how to do this, but there was just too much information. There's too many options. It was overwhelming. I didn't even get to step two of answering this question. Uh, I didn't get even past that initial search because there was just so much information in front of me. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think that conundrum is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Um, if you try to put this in perspective, um, you know, considering even browsing the internet or having an email address is an invention of the last 20 plus years, um, like that was really our, our infancy. And we're moving into something I think is a little bit more, I don't know if it's our, our adolescence or if we're really jumping into adulthood here, I'm not sure where that line is gonna be. Um, but we're moving into something new where you can't just view your your digital marketing and your online presence as a business as the icing on the cake. Now, this is a significant slice. It's not to say there aren't other things. You absolutely need to be focusing on your branding, like Mike was saying last year or last week. Um, you still need to be focusing on your products, on your services, on your customer service, all the other elements of running a, success, a successful business. But now, the digital piece there is, again, not just the topping. It's not just the sprinkles on there that you toss to your niece that knows something about social media. But this is a significant chunk of your business, and it needs to be given adequate gravity. Mm -hmm. 100%. So a couple things there. Uh, first, you know, to your point about where we were 10 years ago and where we're going you know, five years in the future, you know, I think even a, a more macro perspective on that is like we're, I really want you to tell me what you think about this, but to me, we're still like almost in the 1.0 infancy phase of the internet. I mean, maybe like 2.0. It's like, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, the first internet websites, the, the, the early e-commerce, uh, you know, the, uh, the kind of community sites, uh, you know, America online, those kind of things were like, 1.0 then we got social media i guess you could make that that's 2.0 but we're still like so infantile in this technology and where it can go and how many different other inner you know iterations or evolutions it can go through that yeah in 10 15 20 years the internet could look completely different than it does right now uh and, and so that's that's something you know i think people just need to be aware of, and like you said, to keep, need to be keep educating themselves so they're staying ahead of the trends and, and not necessarily jumping on every new trend that comes out there, but just being aware and understanding what is happening so that you aren't caught off guard like Kodak, Kodak was. Um, and then, you know, to your, to your disagreement, if you will, with me um, on the point of the barrier of entry, I see what you're saying there. And I think that there's a lot to be said that, yeah, there, there's going to be more options in terms of social platforms, e-commerce platforms, uh, drop shipping platforms, you know, all kinds of different options for people to be out on. 
in terms of their, in terms of in their digital space. But to me, that could also be a double-edged sword because it could also water down the effectiveness of trying to reach that audience. You know, I don't think that we'll ever get back to maybe not ever, but it's going to be really difficult for us to get back to kind of what I call the golden age of Facebook, you know, like six to 10 years ago, where it was like, there was just a critical mass of people on Facebook. You could post for free and people would see it, a lot of it, and you could, you know, do paid advertising and just crush that crap out of it, you know, and get amazing results for literally pennies on the dollar. Uh, you know, th that was an era that I don't know if we'll go back to. But that doesn't mean that there can't be micro, if you will, uh, instances of that happening on other platforms. You know, certainly tons of direct-to-consumer brands were built in the last five years on Instagram. Tons are being built right now on Snapchat and TikTok. You know, are they going to reach the critical mass that Facebook was in the golden age? I don't think so. But do you need that? You know, most brands don't. Most brands don't need 10 million followers. They need a thousand. So not no, big brands, but small businesses. So it's just going to flatten the distribution, if you will. Um, so that, yeah, there, there, there were some things that we could do super easily um, in the last couple of years that aren't really going to be that easier, that easy anymore. And that's why I started this whole thing with if you want to be successful, you're going to have to work smarter, not harder. You're going to have to understand where to make the right choices, where to cut something, where to really focus on something, um, knowing the right tools and the right strategies. Because if you imagine a normal uh, a normal distribution curve, then all we're doing is flattening that. That means that um, the average is going to get crappier. It's going to be harder to be there uh, instead of having that super high peak where you could spend $2 on Facebook and reach half a million people. You know, there's there's going to be some um, some cutbacks there, but the ends, the tips of that, I think are going to get bigger so that um, there's going to be a lot more people, since that, that barrier to entry is lowering, there's going to be a lot more people who don't know what they're doing. The fake, fake entrepreneurs, as you were saying, or as, as Gary Vee was saying, I think there's going to be more and more and more of that. Um, and that also encapsulates people doing part-time things and side hustles and just starting stuff out. Um, they're using a lot of tools and tips and tricks that don't necessarily work, um, technologies that are not applicable and, and making some, some faulty choices there. But that also means that the hyper-successful side of things is going to grow as well. Because as this technology grows and adapts, it's going to empower the people who properly leverage it, who properly utilize it to do incredible things. And I think there's going to be more and more people on that end of the distribution that that are really able to take these these technologies, to take these tools and just vault themselves into hyper success. So I think that we'll see both of those things happen, okay. all of those things happening, altering both both ends of the extremes as well as the average here. Uh, but only time will tell. You say that we're going into maybe version one or two or something of these things. And the, the truth is, you never know until until it's already happened. You can't really tell that until you've seen the entire story where what chapter we're in right now. Um, it does seem as though we are turning the page, though. We are moving to a new chapter. I don't know if we're at the beginning, at the, at the end, or somewhere in the middle, uh, but it does seem as though we are turning to a new chapter of something here. 100%, Miles. So, you know, we know what, what do we know right now? We know that, for at least for the, uh, I don't know, next two quarters, let's say, digital is going to be more important than ever. But also being able to connect, you know, with, I think, with your audience is, is something that's going to be uh, maybe not more important, but um, it, maybe it's an increased opportunity, you know, because we are spending a lot more time on our phones. We're spending a lot more time on our computers when, when you know, as people are working from home and things like that. And as we go into the winter seasons, obviously people won't be outdoors as much so you know if we turn this conversation into what are some opportunities out there right now for small businesses i think that's one of them 
you know, uh, you know, just being having the having the access to people that we haven't been able to have for a while. And so how are you going to take advantage of that? How are you going to grow your audience? How are you going to make your audience know I can trust you? And as I was saying before, build brand during this time. Uh, and I think that that's a that's a huge opportunity out there that the small businesses who do take advantage of that. I think those are the ones who are going to come out on the top of that that heap that you were describing. Uh, and the ones who are don't, I, I really see a, a difficult path ahead. Yeah, well, uh, we've got a pretty relevant question come in here. So um, yeah. what comes after Facebook as the dominant marketing platform? Uh, this comes from our favorite viewer, Jeff. Uh, so thanks, Morning, Jeff. Jeff. Um, I'll throw one, uh, my, my version of that answer here, which I think dovetails nicely into the rest of our conversation. Um, Facebook is only, has only been the dominant platform for, well, a couple of reasons, but the main one is that they have information about their users and that's their product that they're selling out to people. Basically they're selling your information indirectly through advertising. So prior to this, prior to this sort of digital marketing era, um, advertising was just, you put your message out there, um, in the biggest way possible to reach as many people possible. You try to word it the right way to encompass as many people as possible and to get your message out to anyone and everyone. Basically, this new tool allows us to cater our message to very specific small subgroups of people and to target those people, only show our message to those people. And so ideally, if you're using these tools in the proper way, you are displaying your, your message to the right people at the right time and the right way so that they can not only hear it, but really listen to it. And it's not just a, an annoying ad that pops up that they want to go away. It's something they're actually interested in, they're invested in, they want to see it. And then they engage with you, your brand, your message, your business. That is, that's sort of the, the ideal digital marketing space and Facebook and other uh, other platforms like that make that possible because they have information about their users. Um, social media, I think, is a little bit volatile um, in that it's spiking all over the place. There's still a lot of competition out there. Um, there's a lot of different platforms that have all of their different advantages and disadvantages, but you know we're putting Facebook and YouTube in the same bucket that way. Um, and those are clearly vastly different platforms. That's like, you know, uh, classic advertising, putting radio and newspaper into the same category. Obviously, those are going to be, uh, you're going to have widely varying strategies on those two different uh, platforms in order to get to out to get your message out to people. Um, so I think that there's a lot of volatility in that space. Um, we're probably going to see the rise and fall of a lot of different social media type platforms. Uh, Facebook may be too big to completely fail at this point, but um, I think that we're going to see new ones come up. We're going to see some of the ones that we think are never going anywhere to uh, they're going to die here in the next couple of years or hell, one of them could just go lights off next month. We have no idea, um, which is why I'm somewhat um, favoring Google in this and search engines because they have the same strength in that they have information about you, arguably more information about their audience um, in order to be able to target them properly. Um, mm -hmm. And Google is you know, pretty much as a, a monopoly on the entire thing. Um, and even the other search engines are pretty much piggybacking off of Google and Google's algorithm. They're following their lead. So whatever you're doing that works on Google is going to work on Bing in six months. Um, so it's, there's a little bit less volatility there. I think there's more information there. I think there's more and more developments coming out of that and that they're going to be, they're so big that everyone else wants to work with them. Mm -hmm. So now you have your search engine marketing that works in video because um, the same company that owns Google owns YouTube. I think that there's gonna be more partnerships with social media coming in the future so that Again, your search engine marketing is going to dovetail nicely into your social marketing. Um, so I think that if there was one place that you wanted to dive into something and maybe teach yourself a little bit about digital marketing, uh, maybe just begin your journey and learning about some of these things. Um, and so you want to find the next dominant platform or maybe the one that's going to have the 
the longest last, lasting effect, I would go into search. Learn a little bit about search engine optimization, learn a little bit about search engine marketing, specifically looking at Google. Um, I think that's probably gonna be the answer to your question here, Jeff. Uh, the, the dominant marketing platform, I would call, I, I would say Google is my answer there. Um, and, and that also ties into the point that you were making earlier, Mike, in voice search, because those same algorithms are going to be tied into voice search. Um, and that's really, um, voice searching is, is kind of throwing a wrench into the whole SEO world and has been for the last couple of years, people trying to figure out how to do it. Because um, it's kind of bringing us back to an earlier version of search engine optimization earlier um, when search engines were new, you had you know, I don't know, what's an old one, Ask Jeeves or something, uh, mm -hmm. people would hop on there and they would put everything in the form of a question. You know, they would put in a hello Jeeves, how do I <laughs> dot, 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 question mark, thank you, sincerely, Miles. That's, um, uh, and so people would try to optimize all of their content in the form of, of actual prose, actual questions, full sentence format. Um, and then as, people got smarter, they started learning how to use search engines, they realized you just had to throw keywords in there. So you just put in disjointed keywords. If you wanna learn about yep. search engine marketing, you don't go into Google and say, dear Google, how do I do search engine marketing? You just do Google ads, boom. Or how to advertising, that's not a real sentence. And so we had to modify our search engine optimization, our marketing techniques, how we were creating content online to fit this new disjointed form of communication. Voice search is kind of bringing us all the way back full circle to where people are just speaking in, in normal, uh, I was gonna say normal English, but this is a global thing. So in normal speech of, of all languages to their voice assistants and searching for something, they're saying, you know, order me Rudy's pizza is the example we keep giving here. Rudy's, we're going to start, um, you know, collecting some advertising fees here. Um, <laughs> At least a couple of pies. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, so people are kind of, it's coming back to that where it's going to change how people do search, how people do optimization. It's, it's kind of rocking that SEO world. Um, so as things change and adapt, one of the first things that's going to change and adapt with it on the technological side is gonna be search. So if you're getting into something, you wanna grab onto something and, and, and learn about a particular technology in the digital marketing space that's going to have lasting effects, gonna have longevity, and it's gonna keep you on that bleeding edge, I would go with search. Search engine marketing, search engine optimization, and the very first thing that I think that people should start there is doing keyword research. Um, it's more exciting than you'd think, trying to find exactly what words people might search to arrive at your business and how to direct them there. It's a, it's a little bit of a logic puzzle and a little bit of trial and error. And um, it, it's more exciting than, than it sounds like. We actually have an article on this on our website. If you want to go to wildmanweb.com slash blog now, not slash articles. Um, actually, you can do that too. I put a redirect in there and everything. But um, you can go there and there is an article tile titled um, like how to keyword research or something like that or uh, three tips in keyword research. I should probably bring that up. I'll put a link in the comments here uh, in a little bit, but use that opportunity to uh, check out our blog, check out our articles there. There's a lot of really good uh, resources there just to take some some shallow dives into some of the things that we're talking about here. But long answer to a short question, Jeff, what comes after Facebook as the dominant marketing platform? I'm gonna go search. I'm gonna go Google specifically. It's a good answer, Miles. It was a great question too, Jeff. Appreciate the question there. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess I'll I'll add on a little bit to what Miles said, but I, I thought that was a pretty good analysis there. Uh, and, a, and a really interesting question, I think, right now, because uh, Jeff, whether you knew this or not, you know, Facebook has been going through a whole lot of changes uh, lately. Uh, you know, cr cr the last six weeks have been. I don't know, a little bit of hell on earth for us Facebook advertisers out there. Um, but, you know, I, I want to preface this with, with I, I think personally, Facebook, Facebook uh, ads manager is the greatest marketing platform that's ever been built in human history. I, I, I think that because of its, its, its diversity, the way that you can brand and you can do, you know, bottom of the funnel conversions, 
um, its its reach, its frequency, its targeting, everything about it is it, it's it's the thing that changed marketing and advertising forever in my mind. Uh, when Facebook really dialed in their ads platform uh, to be sophisticated, it was just a complete game changer, and that's when it started to overtake Google. Um, and for a while there, you know, Google and Facebook, they, they battled back and forth. I don't know what the numbers are this year. I imagine um, maybe Facebook is, is even down a little bit since the troubles they've been having here uh, in third and fourth quarter. But, you know, they're going through uh, some growing pains, I would say, over there. And, uh, you know, the, the Facebook ads platform has been extremely glitchy. I don't know what in the world they're trying to do. <laughs> Um, and, and then, you know, there was everything with the election and, and the Cambridge analytics and all that stuff that came out, uh, in 2016. So they were really trying to crack down on that. They probably went way too far and, you know, they just started banning all kinds of accounts and things like that with, for people that shouldn't have been banned. So there was a big, big backlash, you know, uh, around them on the user base. So they, they, they have the advertisers PO'd at them right now, and they have a you know a good section of their user base upset with them right now. But here here's the big but, you know Mark Zuckerberg, whether you love him or hate him, you can't underestimate him. You know he he's a he's a bad mamma jamma CEO, and he's going to figure out a way to fix all this. And and so you know I, I'm I'm pretty confident that that Facebook is going to remain the dominant marketing platform uh, at least until voice really matures and, and comes on board, you know, full fledged. Um, I think that Google will, especially with uh, the YouTube uh, factor on it, will still be a close second and will still be the biggest competitor. And, you know, if, if somebody was going to overtake Facebook in the next few years, I, I'm agreeing with Miles, I think it would be uh, Google slash YouTube. Uh, but I think Facebook and Instagram, you know, which, which are connected as well uh, under the same umbrella, uh, I don't think that they're going to go away that easily. And like I said, I think that Zuckerberg is going to get through this little rough patch that they've had. And uh, I think by, you know, middle of Q1 next year, this will all be a, a faded memory until uh, election season, fourth quarter, 2024, maybe uh, hits us again. So. I, I, I'm still, you know, not not willing to say that that it's going to go away. But here's the other thing: I'm not willing to say. I'm not willing to say I'm going to predict the future either. Uh, you know, I'm really good at just predicting what's happening right now. And and so there are a lot of emerging platforms, you know, social media platforms uh, that could grow into something that would compete. Uh, they they could develop a uh, an advertising back end that is more sophisticated and better than Facebook. It's certainly possible. Uh, I wouldn't bet the farm on it, but I also wouldn't completely rule it out of the, of the realm of possibility. But, uh, you know, like, like we discussed earlier and like Miles just alluded to, I think the, really the next big change that is going to completely transform the marketing landscape will be voice. Uh, it will be voice-based search. It will be uh, even voice-based AI you know, devices that people have in their homes that do more, a lot more than just search. <laughs> and, and I think that that is going to completely change the game a lot like Facebook did for social media advertising, say, eight years ago or so. Uh, and, and so when that really comes down the pipe, I can't put a date on it. You know, like I said, I can't really predict the future, but I know it's coming. And I know that, you know, people way smarter than I am are getting uh, greatly prepared for it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to fall in line and do the same. And, and like I said, I would really look into, you know, things like Alexa skills, you know, building Alexa skills uh, for a brand to me seems like the next frontier. You know, that seems like the people who were, um, you know, uh, doing Google AdWords in 1998 and running Facebook ads in, in 2008. You know, they're way ahead of the curve. And right now it may not make sense. And their CFO is probably super pissed at them and being like, what in the world are you doing this for? Uh, but I think that that's the next land grab, so to speak, you know, uh, you know, the, give a shout out to our sooner boomer friends down there in Oklahoma. You know, if you think about this in, in terms of a uh, uh, you know, a, uh, 
a race to who can stake out land in the digital age, I think that's the next frontier uh, that people are going to really want to go out and they're going to stake their claim to, and they're going to build their, uh, their, their business on. But right now, you know, in, in the immediate future, uh, I still think it's going to be Facebook and Google, but here's the other thing is that it, it really also depends on your business because Facebook and Google may not be the best solution for you, even though they're the most dominant, you know, uh, across the entire spectrum. If I'm doing B2B right now, I'm certainly doing LinkedIn. Uh, if I'm trying to reach young people right now, I'm certainly doing TikTok. Uh, and, and there's been a lot of advertisers, this is the interesting thing, who have, who have gotten fed up with, uh, with what was happening on Facebook recently. And so there's been a lot of people who have been going to Snapchat. They've been going to Pinterest. They've been going to YouTube. Now, you know, is that exodus going to equate enough of a critical mass in order to dethrone Facebook? I don't know. I guess we'll know sometime in first quarter when we get the numbers for, for 2020 of where all the spending sh you know, shakes out. But I, I doubt it at this point. But it's a great question. Absolutely. And I, I just want to focus a little bit more on that last bit there. And that is, you know, do what's right for you. Do what's right for your your business. Um, you. you know, we'll we'll give you a lot of tips up here, and hopefully a lot of good information. But you know, ultimately, only you know you. You know your business. Um, you know your strengths and weaknesses, and a lot of these things uh, will exemplify both of those. So a lot of these strategies we're talking about, you know, Mike has said a, a couple of times on here, good good marketing will either. Um, you know, bring you a lot of success or just put you out of business faster because it takes those strengths, it takes those weaknesses, and it it uh, magnifies them here. So um, if you happen to be really good on on a particular social platform, uh, you just, you love Instagram, uh, maybe you're a, a Twitter person, I, I don't know, I think you're crazy, but, uh, you know, maybe that is just where, where that's your happy place and that's, um, you know, that's where you're comfortable, then stay there, do something there, create your own strategy there, or work with, um, with uh, an agency or an agent like us um, in order to craft a strategy around your strengths. Um, I think that's that's always going to be the right answer, even if there is a more dominant platform or maybe one that's better for your industry or something. It's got to be something that fits you, your brand, your business. Um, and as we've said a couple of times here, you know, we don't need to reach everyone. We'd rather get 10% of the people 100% of the way than 100% of the people 10% of the way. So even if you are reaching less people, if you can be more effective at it on a particular platform or utilizing a particular strategy that's more suited to you and your personality type, then that's going to be a better winning strategy than just you know going where the numbers are, going where the population is. Um, so I just wanted to harp on that a little bit before we moved on. Yeah, 100%. Uh, sometimes the path of least resistance is the path you should take. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great point, Miles. You know. Not to say there's no place for trying new things. That was the earlier version of this. Learn new stuff. <laughs> don't, don't let yourself be scared of that. But if there is something that fits you and your personality a little bit more, then that could be a, a good option for you. Yeah, it, that's a good point too, Miles. You always got to test, you know, test and taste, you know, things. So, you know, if there is a new platform that comes out or emerging platform or one that you haven't tried before and you think that it's something that you your audience is on and something that you're able to communicate effectively on, there's no harm in trying it. Uh, because, you know, each platform is is basically an evolution of a previous previous one. You know, it's it's like, you know, Vine turned into Snapchat and and uh, Musically, or no, it was musically turned into Snapchat, Vine turned into TikTok, you know, and, and so even even if you jump on an early, you know, emerging platform and it doesn't go anywhere, you're probably going to learn some skills that you can apply to a platform that will emerge later. And again, one thing that we are certain of is that change is constant. And so there's going to continue to be more and more emerging platforms, more and more new things popping up. And if you just you know, kind of sit in your in your safe space and you're not out trying and testing and tasting things that each new platform is going to get more and more foreign to you and more and more, uh, excuse me, less easier for you to adapt. Uh, but actually, but one other thing 
actually before we completely move off this miles and i know we're running out of time here but um i thought about this when jeff was asking the question and you were answering it because i think this could be a big factor here and this could actually change what i just said about the emerging platforms uh, I don't know. I don't know how many people, probably not many, were uh, were <laughs> nerding out on the uh, the heads of of Google, uh, Facebook, and Twitter uh, before the, the Senate committees uh, last week and, and previous weeks before that. But one thing that could completely change this whole dynamic is antitrust laws coming down and severe regulation coming down from the government on on the industry and i'll tell you what was interesting if you listen to uh to zuck's comments uh in the testimony last week and you read between the lines a little bit it's almost like he's begging for them to regulate the industry and i'll tell you why i think this is it's because traditionally when an industry gets heavily regulated and you can look at any any heavily regulated industry out there and the history of it and how it's progressed typically what happens is that the sharks who were on top of the tank stay on top of the tank and it's very very hard for any new fish to grow in that tank because the big the big boys and girls they can handle the regulations they can handle the fines they can you know google can pay a 30 whatever it was billion dollar fine to the eu and and facebook and all this stuff can emerging platforms can't Small, medium-sized businesses can't. So what it does is it crushes the competition from the top down. And so if that happens, then oh, I think Facebook and Google are the dominant platforms, you know, for a long time to come. Uh, and I, I don't, I think there's going to be way less uh, emerging platforms, way less, as Miles was talking about, uh, opportunities, uh, you know, for people to, you know, jump in the game uh, at a lower barrier of entry and things like that, uh, I think that things will get much, much tougher uh, for the little guy and gal out there if that happens. So hope I'm wrong, but uh, that's one thing that could certainly be a game changer in this whole discussion. And we'll keep our eyes out on that. I know both you and I were we had our, uh, our eyes glued to the screen during that entire, uh, that whole showdown there. So that's, mm -hmm. that's our job. Hopefully we can keep up to date on those things. And then if you have any questions on any of that, you can come back here to ask Wildman, ask us your questions. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the, one of the main tenets of this company is to put out more information because I do think that we think that it's, imperative that um, the businesses that we work with, the types of businesses we work with, small, medium-sized businesses, need to understand what's going on here. Uh, the more informed you are, the better our lives are, um, and, and the more able you are to be a practitioner, like Mike was saying earlier, rather than just mm -hmm. a, a passive observer or someone that doesn't really know what the hell's going on at all. Um, so that is that is really one of the main tenets of our company is to put out more information to get you more uh, more relevant information um, and and educate as many people as we possibly can on how all this stuff works. Uh, so that's why we do this show every week Wednesdays at eleven to ask uh, to answer your questions on anything and everything technology, business, marketing related. Uh, we also have a couple of other resources out there for you uh, and for anyone who really wants to dive into this stuff. Uh, you can check out our website, wildmanweb.com. Actually, I just redesigned the entire website, so if you haven't seen it recently, go back there. It's beautiful. Um, and has a couple of new resources there. We have um, our toolkit, our local business online toolkit. If you go to wildmanweb.com slash L-B-O-T um, and sign up there, just put in a little bit of information about your business and it'll get you set up with some tools to hopefully begin leveraging your online presence a little bit more effectively. Uh, manage your social media, manage your listings. That includes getting listed on voice search. Um, <laughs> getting your reputation and your reviews under control, stuff like that. Tons of analytic tools and ways for you to really cast new light on your business online. Um, and we also have our sales system, a brand new program that we just launched. If you go to wildmanweb.com slash sales system, I'll put that link here in the, in the show as well. 
Um, but you know, I'll probably let Mike intro that a little bit. But uh, we are launching that, and that is a great resource for people who really want us to take a deep dive into their business and explore some of these options that we talked about today as far as getting you a full handle on your online presence, your digital strategy, and make sure that you're leveraging everything as best as you possibly can moving into 2021. 100%, Miles. Yeah, that sales system is a dynamite thing for anybody who's serious about growing their business in 2021. It's, it's especially great for leads businesses, people that are trying to get new clients, new patients, uh, new customers in their door. Uh, if you're really serious about growing, uh, go to that, uh, go to that page on our website, fill out the form and we'd love to talk with you about that. But yeah, it's going to be a, a huge advantage for small businesses in Lawrence. I just put that link in the chat below. So anyone who wants to apply for that system, go ahead and hit that link and let us know. All right. I think that is it for us today. Thank you all for tuning in here. If you think this information is relevant, it's useful, and other people are going to find this useful, please help us out, like, share, et cetera. Uh, we want to get this out as, to in, uh, as many people as possible, answer as many questions as possible, and be as much of a resource as we possibly can. So. Mike, thank you very much for all your insights. I appreciate your time, Miles. Great to talk, talk with you as always. And uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Great question again, Jeff. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving and a safe and prosperous week. We'll uh, we'll see you back uh, in December, I guess. We're gonna we're gonna put till 2020 to bed. So don't miss next week's show. It's gonna be fun. Awesome. All right. See you, Mike. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next week, Wednesday at 11. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.